0: First off, let's get this out of the way. Sinbad is a dog, and there's a good chance he's the saltiest dog of all time. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power Emotion Podcast, your birth to the best stories in boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought provoking trend discussions. As well as interviews with the most interesting characters to ply the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway, we're glad to have you aboard. I'm Simon Murray, and this is the Power and Motor Yacht Podcast. Today I'm joined by author and historian Mike Walling. Mike, I don't usually need to assure our listeners, but everything we're about to talk about is true. I just wanted to make that clear because the legend of Sinbad kind of smacks of the fantastical and maybe even absurd for contemporary times. Yeah,
1: everything is true. And the stories I have, the information I have, came from the men who served with him, Which is uh, some going back to 1937.
0: Which is huge because... I think I probably was just scouring the web and I came across Sinbad, the story of Sinbad. And you were like the first name that popped up um, because of your involvement with, with him. Once we got talking, one of the things you made like abundantly clear early on was that of all the guys, of all the men that served with the with Sinbad, none of them are alive today, right? That's correct. So you're pretty much the, the last surviving person that could give an account of Sinbad. And, and first off, let's get this out of the way. Sinbad is a dog, and there's a good chance he's the saltiest dog of all time since he served with the Coast Guard in the Second World War. Now, I know a lot of people probably listening, whether they go hunting with a dog in their john boat or have a cherished family pet slobbering all over their, their bow rider, <laughs> they, uh, they probably believe it to be true that, what, that you know either their good boy or good girl is the saltiest dog of all time. But uh, objectively speaking, Sinbad pretty much owns that title, right?
1: Yeah, considering he went to sea at about six weeks in the beginning of 1937, and I think was retired in like 1949 off the Coast Guard Cutter Campbell. She was one of the most beautiful ships. She was a 327 foot secretary class. He had no other home until he retired to Barnegat Coast Guard Station.
0: Right, where he passed away, right?
1: Yeah, he died, I think, December 1951 and was boarded,
0: uh, buried with full military honors. And he was, I think he was about 13 years old when he died? About that, yeah, 12 or 13. He had a lifestyle that would have killed most humans <laughs> Right. In 13 years. And, and in those 13 years, I mean, we talk about dog years. I mean, he packed more experiences into his <laughs> dog years than I think anyone I know on the face of the planet. So... Maybe we should back up because, uh, you know, after writing this story and speaking with you, I, I spoke with my grandmother, who is 91, and she can remember lines of people waiting to get their copy of Sinbad of the Coast Guard stamped with a paw print by, by Sinbad. But right. those of us or those that are listening, born a little later, probably have no idea who this four-legged hero is. So maybe we should paint a picture as to what he was, what kind of dog, and, um, and you said he served, obviously, in the Coast Guard. He was
1: a mutt. He looked like a miniature Rottweiler, I guess, you know, brown, white, and black. There are some color photos of him. Uh, he was 24 pounds of absolute flat-out attitude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which which you would, you would expect nothing less of a sailor. I mean, he really, no. I think he really lived up to that uh, position. But yeah, no, so speak with me about some of the stories you heard. So in 1940s, the U.S. is... I think it's at war already Mm -hmm. with Germany. So how does Sinbad get aboard this this cutter? Uh How does it happen?
1: Okay, in early January 1937, a man named Blackie, that's his nickname, and his buddy Ed Millard, who I knew, smuggled Sinbad aboard to Campbell as literally a six-week-old pup. And I've got a photo of him at that age. And then they they snuck him aboard. They got him away the next morning. When the CO found out about it, he couldn't do anything, you know, change the situation. So the crew adopted the dog right away. And this is the, the era before kibble and, you know, pro plan diets or whatever. So the, the dog loved ice cream. He liked black coffee. Uh, what the crew ate, he ate. And this was the only life, you know, I don't know if you've ever been aboard a ship, but they have stairs, ladders that are pretty steep. The dog could climb the ladders up and down. Uh, they gave him his own hammock. Uh, They made a service jacket for him. So he was, everybody uses the word mascot, but he was an integrated part of the crew from 1937 on. And he had a pretty quiet life. You know, just back and forth, they were doing different patrols. And in 1940, Germany invaded Denmark. Denmark asked the U.S. to take possession of Greenland. Possession is not the word. but um, So what happened was the Coast Guard sent the Campbell up to survey areas for what would eventually be the bluey west bases for aircraft so sinbad you know went ashore with a crew he'd never seen sheep so he started chasing sheep and what happened he'd go go ashore in the morning come back at the boat at night greenlanders didn't know what was going on well they did find him they tracked him down i mean the sheep were just running ragged some of them were dying so the the greenlanders were going to kill the dog this was it they were absolutely going to kill the dog And this was an international incident. There are, there are diplomatic records that this happened. So the captain said, okay, look, if if the locals kill the dog, the crew will probably turn the guns on the locals. So the captain, who I believe was Joe Greenspun, absolutely straight-laced guy, court-martialed the dog.
0: Court-martialed the dog. I think that's, that's worthy of repeating. I mean, that is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the XO was his defense counsel.
1: The executive officer. So the dog was found guilty, busted from first-class dog to seaman pup, and restricted to the ship. He never again went ashore <laughs> in Greenland.
0: He was, he was just an absolute menace, and he he got the, <laughs> the punishment fit the crime probably. But Oh, but... yeah. This was, you know, the court-martialed the dog. That's his
1: first court-martial. And then we moved on before 1940. Campbell was in Portugal uh, as a communications center for the Char State Affairs. And the guys used to take Sinbad ashore with him, you know, on shore patrol, he'd go to the Bordellos and all that. Somewhere along the line, he developed a taste for Boilermakers.
0: Which we should should probably define what a Boilermaker is, because maybe not all the the readers know.
1: It's a shot of whiskey and a beer.
0: Which, (laughs) wild, that a dog develops Uh a taste for that, wild.
1: Oh, yeah. So it went on. We got into World War II. Campbell's running convoys back and forth. Um, out of uh, primarily out of Boston, occasionally pulling into S- uh, St John's Newfoundland or to refit and at the end of the convoy each convoy the Campbell would pull into Londonderry Northern Ireland and there would be a, a piece in the society page that Sinbad was back in town. So the dog that dog immediately had this reputation he was known throughout the Atlantic. Uh, I worked with a young gal at Raytheon years and years ago her, her grandfather had been a seaman on a merchant ship. And he knew Sinbad. So the dog just was, he was all over. He was essential. The, the Campbell was rammed by a U-boat, slid open on the side, uh, wasn't sinking, but they took off most of the crew and just kept the skeleton crew. And Sinbad was deemed essential to the ship.
0: Which says a lot. He was,
1: he, yeah. The guys loved him. I'll give you a brief story. I was a, a, an ensign in the Coast Guard, first assignment back in the Coast Guard Cutter Spar, but we tendered out of Boston. And I had to fly to New York to go to Governor's Island for schooling. And I'm in Logan Airport flying Eastern Airlines. Now, back 1971, I could fly military standby real cheap. And uh, this gentleman comes up to me. I'm in uniform. He says, "Ensign, yes, sir. He said, is Campbell still in commission? Yeah, she's up in Portland. He said, okay, I have a full paid ticket. You take my place. Eastern will roll out another plane. The reason is Sinbad slept on this guy's foul-weather jacket and a 20-millimeter gun mount in the Mediterranean in World War Two. You're talking twenty-eight years later.
0: So he let you
1: take he his took, spot. I, because I took his spot because of I was in the Coast Guard, I knew who Sinbad was, and the love went that deep, that
0: long. So and just just on. knowing and, his name allowed you, yeah, you know, well, these benefits.
1: Yeah, it was it was an interesting run. So that got me intrigued, but it was years and years later, until I started writing my first book, Bloodstained Sea, that I really got all the dirt on Sinbad we go to the reunions, and the guys were just full of Sinbad stories. And so he really – there was a love that ran really deep for a long, long time. And you and I talked about it. I, I'd like to think he was really the first therapy dog. This was a bit of sanity in an insane world.
0: Yeah, so let's yeah. go into that for a little bit. Like, So you mentioned before uh, a mascot, and maybe most of the, the listeners nowadays would, would think of a sports team's mascot, but really Sinbad was – like you said, like the very first therapy dog, right? Yeah. And, and through the years, centuries, uh,
1: military groups have adopted dogs, cats. I think Spencer, one of the 328s, had a pig that nobody's talking about. But these were an integral part of what they were. But Sinbad was notorious. Uh, there was a Life magazine article about him. So he was well known throughout the world because the writers could cover Sinbad. They couldn't cover the war. So Sinbad got a lot of PR because of who he was. And through Sinbad, they could sort of say what was actually going on with the war in the North Atlantic.
0: And Sinbad was, like you said before, I think, that he was part of the World War II theater. I mean, he saw action countless times, right? in countless battles.
1: He, he went through the Battle of the North Atlantic, which is truly the, what was the longest battle of the war. It started on September 3rd, 1939, didn't end until May 8th, 1945. And he was part of it right through from the very get-go before we actually got in the war. We're running neutrality patrols up until Campbell was pulled out in mid-1943. And then she was sent to the Pacific. So the dog covered two of the major theaters of war for
0: years. And lived to tell the tale. I mean, you know, that's oh, yeah. that's the most amazing part is that he survived. and And these guys clearly had a a good rapport with him, a good relationship. And, and maybe, maybe that is a big part. It's hard to, to say definitively that they made it to the next battle because of a dog. But really, I think he, like you've said before, he elevated the, uh, the energy and, and, and yeah. kind of calmed everyone down, which is important. Well, and not just
1: Sinbad. I I'll, I want to tell you a funny story about Sinbad and another ship. I was out in the Slater in New York sitting on a table one time at the, deck one time, and the gentleman comes up with a ball cap, the Moffat, sits down he says, saw my Coast Guard, and he says, what do you know about Sinbad? I said, a fair amount. He said, okay, the Moffat was a ship along with Campbell that went in an escort group. He said, this guy said, Sinbad almost knocked him over getting on the bus to the Beer Garden or Argentia, Newfoundland.
0: <laughs> and that's <laughs> and then, yeah, no, sorry.
1: And then there's a in Moffat and Campbell, or Campbell was at the end of a convoy in Italy and they blew the whistle ship had to get underway there's no Sinbad no Sinbad and the guys messed around for two hours now missing movement in wartime is a really serious offense so finally Campbell had to get out of the way or get underway Moffat's pulling in as Campbell's pulling out so they they signal Campbell or Moffat excuse me Moffat says, okay we had to leave Sinbad behind look for him Moffat says okay no problem We'll look for him, and we'll bring him over. Well, kids arranged to meet at a bar in Scully Square. Campbell got into Boston a little bit after Moffat. Moffat went ashore. Sinbad went ashore. They go into a bar. The dog gets on the bar stool, and he's the first one served. <laughs> Campbell shows up two hours, three hours later. Sinbad's three sheets of the wind, sleeping off on the newspaper. <laughs> on the newspapers in the corner. But the, the dog... The dog would go on Liberty and he had a collar and they, they would stitch coins from where they'd been on his collar. And that was his Liberty collar. And they'd turn him loose. And he'd, he'd hit Boston, uh, Scully Square. And the guys would come along behind him and pay his bar bills. When he wanted to get back to the ship, he stood in a corner on a cab and a cab would pick him up and take him back to the ship. I can't get a cab in Boston.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, this is literally a booze hound. That oh yeah, is just a, he's just a true sailor going out there with the rest of them, being rowdy and drinking like the rest of them. I mean, but there was something different. The book that came out,
1: Sinbad of the Coast
0: Guard, was toned down. I mean,
1: it's really the stories in there are true. George Gray did a great job illustrating it. George Foley wrote it. It's a beautiful book, more of a young adult version. Mm-hmm. But Sinbad had a, there was a more serious side to this. Um, Sinbad's notoriety was national. And people would write him letters, letter. And there was a letter from a Boots down south. Well, Boots' master was, I guess, an ensign on a battleship. And Boots is going through all the angst. Well, it's obviously Boots' mistress. It's a story of a woman whose son's at war. You know, you must have a big ship because they're on it. My son's on a ship. They can't have dogs on and on. But it's just this this heart-wrenching story of a woman trying to understand what's going on. So the XO wrote back like a three-page letter and explained Sinbad said, yeah, oh, I know what it was. Boots was, was questioning Sinbad's morals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you, you get the picture. This, this probably came out of a very religious family and, and, and not done a great idea, but you know, I was like, okay, what are you doing drinking? <laughs> um, <laughs> but Sinbad, he said, my job is to keep my crew happy. Uh yeah, I don't have, you know, maybe the best morals in the world. But number 1 I'm a dog, number 2 it's war, number 3 this is what I do. And it's a wonderful letter. Uh I have a copy of it, I think I've got the only copy of it. And I've uh, typed it up. But so Sinbad got a lot of PR, but he was also a way for people to write something different than to the editor or their sons or their daughters, husbands uncles, aunts, and just express what they were feeling, you know. So it was pretty cool. And Simba was just all over the place. The Darn dog. I mean, he got in more trouble.
0: <laughs> like you're saying, he's, he's very symbolic and, and everyone can kind of see, you know, whether it's a loved one that's gone off to war, they see see that in the dog, or or they just, they feel a sense of this dog represents a side of the Coast Guard that it's fun or um, a A lighter, side. if you
1: will, a lighter side of war, but the, the crew a couple of times already kill him. They're coming back, early summer, beautiful, you know, summer's day in the Atlantic. It's real quiet. All of a sudden, this massive explosion goes off real close to the ship. I mean, about blows the ship out of the water. Everybody's going to general quarters. They're running like crazy. They didn't detect the submarine. They didn't know what was going on. They come up on deck, and said that's holding his piece of line, rope in his mouth. Well, what happened? They had what were called Y guns the true 300-pound depth charges off the side of the ship. And they had a lanyard attached, and you pull the lanyard, and it shot the charge. Well, Sinbad was looking for something to play with, so he pulls the lanyard.
0: One <laughs> what, what of the, the problems with it, with having a you know a dog on board your boat, you, you never know what's going to happen. I guess he was just the, the police in New York knew him.
1: Um, there's a great story Larry Bradley told that a woman on the Upper East Side called the police, and I'll try to do the accent. There's a dead dog in the gutter. Not only is he dead? He's been dead so long. He's stiff. The cop she says, that's a dead dog. That's thing that he's drunk. <laughs> I'm giving the wrong impression of the dog.
0: No, like, no, no. I, I think it's fair. I, I think I think that you know I was going to say that they they made an animated kids movie about Sergeant Sergeant Stubby, which was uh, another mascot, um, and I don't think it did very well in the box office. I think it bombed. Yeah. So there's a good chance that maybe the listener hasn't seen it, but. I, I kind of was wondering, Stubby served in World War I. He was also a mascot, mm-hmm. and uh, he was more on, like, the, the ground warfare side. But right. it seems like he has more of, like, the the lighter side, whereas, like, Sinbad, it'd be challenging to make a movie. You might have to make it, like, PG or PG-13, because <laughs> this, this dog is a full-blown alcoholic. I mean. Well, it, yeah, but he,
1: okay, we need to step back into a different time. People drank. I mean, this is what they did. And the other military drinks, you go to a club. They weren't alcoholics to the point that we would call it today, okay? Two drinks, no good. People drank. They could handle it. They drank. This is what you did. You got up the next day and did your job. Well, Sinbad liked his booze. Everybody liked their booze. So on ship, there's no booze. You know, a lot of places, it wasn't like, okay, this was one drunken binge. It, It really wasn't. Liberty was liberty. I mean, no holds barred, guys got into fights. You know, this is what happened. This was just the way it was. Right. So to judge his drinking habits by today's standards,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he could hold his booze most of the time, but he did so much. You know, and Campbell went through, the battle of the land was horrendous. And huge casualties. Almost lost the battle in March of 43. So Sinbad went through a lot, and a lot of it's not written about. But, you know, he, he was just an amazing piece of dog meat.
0: And uh, and the a, a diplomat, it sounds like he met with a lot of the...
1: Oh, uh, the dignitaries, the, the dignitaries wanted to meet him. The diplomats wanted to meet Sinbad. And then, as you mentioned, your grandmother was in line to get the book signed by Sinbad. And that was at Bamberger's. Yeah. Just after, right nine, about nine, late 1945. Well, Sinbad, Sinbad was supposed to do a radio show. Believe this. The dog was late. he had a rough night. So he'd,
0: <laughs> We've he'd all gone AWOL. we've all been there.
1: <laughs> he he went AWOL. He just wasn't around. So that was his second court martial. <laughs> really? Is that right? Wow. So the dog the dog's court martialed twice. He's retired with an honorable discharge. How he pulled that off, I have no idea. Right. But the legend lives on. There was a new Campbell commissioned. In the Coast Guard a number of years ago. And the original Campbell uh, reunion group, Dave Blum, uh, Norm Rapkin, uh, George Firth, a couple of the people I knew, got a hold of the captain of the new Campbell and said, look, we have this bronze statue of Sinbad. Do you want it? He went, yeah. So as of a few years ago, this thing was ensconced in a place on the mess deck. And they stamped paw prints on the deck. They fly a big flag that says Sinbad lives so that the legend lives on or has been living on for a long time. So he's, he is wonderful. Uh, I tell people about it. I show them the book and they light up. They just, it's such a really warm story for these people.
0: And I think, and true, I, I also don't want to, you know, heap too much of the uh, the alcoholic side. I think the dog was also, it's amazing the time and, and place that he made it on board the boat and he just acclimated mm. so well to the, to the, life at sea. And I think, you know, I think we should also talk about his intelligence because I think that one story you told me, if you don't mind repeating it here is when, uh, the the time in New York where he got separated. I mean, to me, that speaks volumes.
1: Oh yeah. A couple of guys took Sinbad up to a midtown Manhattan apartment, closed the door. They went off. They come back. There's no Sinbad. And they went, Oh no, we are fried. So, I mean, there's scouring. There's no way to find the dog in the city. So they go back down. Campbell was in Staten Island at the time. So they get back down. They take the ferry over to Staten Island. They get to Staten Island, and there's the dog sitting on the brow waiting for him. He had found his way from midtown Manhattan to the Staten Island ferry where a couple of crew members found him and brought him home.
0: Have you tried to find your way yet? Out of Midtown Manhattan. It's just unbelievable. It's it's just absolutely unbelievable. I don't even understand. I can't even comprehend how a dog did he ride the subway? Like how the hell did he make it so far? <laughs> Is it just intuition? I I I really it, that story knocked me knocked me out because I can't imagine how he managed. And and it's like you know I don't know if people believe in reincarnation or what, but if there's any <laughs> example of of someone being reincarnated in a dog's body, it's got to be Sinbad. <laughs> Yeah,
1: he's he's my perfect dog because I don't have to pay his bar bills. <laughs> um, years and years ago, and it's much deleted. But we had a plush toy made of Sinbad, where he sort of cocked his head to one side, and I have it in the den with me. And um, he just brightens my day. Um, he's just he's wonderful. And it's great that you've done the story, and this is great to keep. You know, Sinbad lives because he's just really cool. But there's so much, like you said, misinformation about when he was brought aboard and what he was doing sorry, folks, I'm it. This is my dog. Oh, the other thing, toward the end of the war, um, whenever Cowboys head over to Japan, they made a a movie short, like one of the newsreel shorts, called Sinbad Dog of the Seven Seas. And it's narrated first person. Well, it's so now politically incorrect, it's a riot. But the dog gets a movie short. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Is that right, really? Yeah. Is that still out there somewhere, or is that kind of buried? No, I've got the copies.
1: I had, I, I, I don't know how many years ago was able to get my hands on the remaining three quarter inch VHS tape. And I had a bunch of CDs made, um, that I have copies of, but, um, it's not, I haven't marketed them in years and, um, they're here. Uh, it's like, I've got, I don't know how many copies of the original Sinbad book. I've got one, actually two paw prints and George Foley's signature. Wow. Uh, probably not worth anything, but it's hard to let them go. It's hard to let him go.
0: Well, I, I, so. I, uh, I loved your ending to the introduction that you wrote for the, I think it was the 2005 the republishing of, of the uh, Sinbad of the Coast Guard. But I think you wrote something like, Now, my friend, you are part of the crew whose duty it is to help keep Sinbad's memory alive forever. I love that sentiment. After reading about him, we're the biggest fans of, of this dog. I got to ask, Mike, do you think, it doesn't seem like mascots are ever going to come back in the armed services, but do you, is there any chance that there's a saltier dog eventually that comes around that matches no. or beats Simbad? <laughs>
1: <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> the times were different. The world was different. Uh, you know, played different units, still had mascots, but you can't, okay. It's like Queen Elizabeth II. There will never be a monarch reigning so long. Sinbad, right. there will never, not any way in the world. Another dog, number one, they don't let him on ships anymore. To have the experience, again, from 1937 for 12 years or so, 10, 12 years or later, it just, it can't, it can't occur. So he is at, uh, I know there's quibbling or questions. Oh, yeah, certain mascots were here. There's uh, other books that have been written about mascots in World War II, but none have the the vivaciousness, the sheer joy, (laughs) sheer,
0: I don't know what, moxie?
1: That yeah. That dog Mystique.
0: Had. Yeah. I mean, that dog is in a league of its own. And, uh, yeah. So, and can people, can listeners still visit? Does he still have something to commemorate his life at the Barnegat Lighthouse or is that gone now?
1: Well, no, there's a headstone down there or a gravestone, but they're not sure where it is. They've moved it a few times. We don't know where Sinbad's body is. Okay. Uh, well, when he got to Barnegat, it was very convenient. It was walking distance to a bar. Uh, of course. <laughs> and I think the bar still has photographs of Sinbad. I met somebody two years ago who has the receipts for the, the bills, the bar bills they paid for them. That's amazing. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's sadly in the past, but it's good that it's not completely forgotten.
0: Agreed. And, and not to plug our own story uh, that Mike was a huge factor in helping with, but um, if they want to read more or see the letter that, um, that you were referencing about boots – they can head on over to pmymag.com to check that out. Also check out some of uh, Mike's, you know, great books. It's uh, historical military nonfiction, which is, uh, you know, definitely something in line with what we're talking about here. But Mike, it's been, it's been a pleasure talking with you uh, about mutts. And I, I'd love to raise a, a toast, raise a Boilermaker to, uh, to Sinbad. Because like you said, there's there's never going to be another one. So uh, so thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Simon. You take
0: care. Cheers thank you for listening to the power motor yacht podcast if you enjoyed this episode please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating or you can share us with your friends on social media or on the vhf anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us thanks again and until next time we'll see you on the water